specifically Mary. And of all the women who've ever walked the face of the earth, why did God choose Mary to be the mother of his son? Well, I was thinking about it this week, and I thought perhaps it would be helpful to ask some of our children who have the most current experience with mothers, just to give us some input on this subject. And so I phoned a few friends, some young friends, and I asked them their input. And I asked them to answer just this one question. Didn't want it to be too leading or too specific. So I said, if you were God and you needed to choose a mother for a very important baby that would change the world, what kind of mom would you choose? And I'd like to just share with you some of their responses. And um, you might have to just give us a bit of grace here as we play them for you because they all came through as voice notes on my phone. So I'm just going to ask Elaine in the back just to, to play five little responses from some of my very young friends from this church. A compassionate mom, a strong mom, a kind mom, and, and just like very... One, like a one that believes in God. Hi, I'm Luca. I'm 11 years old, and I think the mom should be kind, generous, forgiving, and very funny, and that she has patience and all of that. Okay, bye. Hi, I'm Luca. I'm 11 years old. My name's Abby, and I'm nine years old, and the sort of mom I would choose would be kind, loving, forgiving, caring, beautiful, and something like my mom. Hi, I'm Luca, I'm 11 years My name is Adama and I'm seven. My name is Adama and I'm seven years old and the kind of mother that I would choose would be a strong and forced mother to carry the baby and John. Hi, I'm Luca. I'm 11 years old. My name's Nathan. My name's Nathan. And I'm Stephen. And the kind of, and, and the kind of mom would, that I would choose, that, that would be Mary. Hi, I'm Luca. I'm 11 years old, and I think what a, lovely, what a lovely one to end off with. Um, little Nathan at the end said, I don't know if you heard his words, he said, um, the kind of mom I would choose, um, that would be Mary. <laughs> <laughs> so ended this. I don't know if you heard some of those things. <clears throat> kind, generous, forgiving, very funny. Um, patience seems to have been a recurring theme there as well. Compassionate, strong, caring, one that believes in God. Um, we've had kind again, loving, forgiving. It's also very important theme, it seems. Um, and then I think um, was that Adam's one was quite hilarious too. So obviously got a very protective nature. He wanted, he thought the mom must be strong 
and fast to carry the baby and run. <laughs> so, but actually, Scripture doesn't tell us much about the type of, of woman or, that Mary was. And there are so many unknowns for us about Mary's personality. But there are a few things that we do know about Mary. And these things that we do know about her make Mary a very unexpected choice. And I first want to just read our passage taken from Luke chapter 1 before commenting on why Mary was such an unexpected choice um, for, to be chosen. So reading from Luke chapter 1, and it will soon come on the screen behind me over there. Just follow on so long. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this may be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the virgin, since I'm a virgin, asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. So what do we know about Mary? Well, we know, first of all, that Mary was a teenager. So not a woman who was particularly mature or experienced with the ways of the world. Now, the Bible doesn't specifically state for us how old Mary was when Jesus was born. But Christians historians speculate that Mary was probably around 15 or the most 16 years of age at the time of Jesus' birth. Because according to Jewish, Jewish customs at the time, a young woman could become betrothed to a young man as early as 12 years old. And the, the consummation of their marriage would only happen maybe a few you know, months or years later. So we know our Mary was a young teenage girl. We know that she was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. And we know that a, but in those days, a, a, a betrothal was actually a very serious thing. It was perhaps much more taken much more seriously than an engagement these days. It was a contract between families for a future marriage and will be um, sealed with exchange of, you know, lavish gifts, perhaps at a feast there or whatever. But this was a serious agreement there as well. And we know that Mary was a commoner. In fact, her, her family was probably of the lower economic class. And she was certainly not an affluent girl in any stretch of the imagination. Mary also had no exceptional um, learning or ability that we know of. She was just a simple peasant girl. And then we know from the scripture too here that Mary was a virgin, had absolutely no experience as a wife and as a mother. So here we have a woman who, she's not royalty, she's not nobility, she's not famous, she's not rich. She's just a young Jewish girl living a very ordinary life in Nazareth, a little town in Galilee. To our human eyes, she was a very unlikely 
an unexpected choice by God. And I'm going to just stop right there, just to do a little fun activity, because I know we've got some younger people in our midst, and so I want to make sure we keep your attention with all this and these points stick for you. And so for this next activity that I, I'm going to um, conduct up here, I need to have um, two very different people coming as, as volunteers here. Yeah? One needs to be a very mature and experienced adult, and the other person to be a child. So any volunteers along the way, child is sorted, thank you very much. So Jamie, come over here, and with no option whatsoever, John, you get to be the mature and experienced adult. There we go, okay, so chaps, um, let's actually come where everyone can see you. Maybe come in the front here, that'll be great, I'll get out the way. And what's gonna happen is we're gonna have a competition, and it's gonna be who can complete the Rubik's Cube first. Okay, so John, let me give you, let me just check that this looks revolting enough. Absolutely, now that's pretty awful. Okay, there's yours too, no, yeah, no, starting there. Okay, maybe move a bit over, you guys, they can all see you, we don't want this to, um, to be there. And actually, I also need to have, I think, um, a timekeeper. Would you mind coming to be the timekeeper, precious? There we go, just, just for interest's sake, it would be good just to time them here to see how they go. So guys, this is a, it's a competition. It's a race. Let's see who can complete the Rubik's Cube first and, and on Erin's go, because she'd like to time this little fun activity. Okay. Let's pump some music to give some. something oh, the unexpected gift there we go <laughs> and for the men some drivels for you guys okay thank you so much big round of applause for our volunteers there. now for for
for many of you here, Jamie would have been the unexpected winner and you would have had your bets on John. Because how often in our minds don't we, we often pick the older, more experienced and more mature person as our likely choice in most situations. And particularly I think when it comes to, to spiritual matters and God's activity um, in our lives, we tend to make the presumption that God only uses the super spiritual and the experienced people. And too often we disqualify ourselves from ministry or being obedient to what God asks of us because we feel we're just not mature enough, we're just not experienced enough, or we're just not wise enough to, to do what God asks of us. And that's a mistake. I'm also going to give you a guess that there are those of you, but probably the teachers and the parents in our midst, who would have pegged John as the unexpected winner and all of your bets on Jamie. Because you know enough about children to know just how excellent they are at games and how in many areas they're actually just streaks ahead of us adults, especially when it comes to you know, working out technology today and little gimmicks and everything else. And there are equally those of you here who pull back from being open and obedient to God's call because you feel that you're just too old to be used by God now. Or you've done your time when you were younger and had more energy, and now it's time you know, for the younger ones to, to step up and to fill in the gap. Or perhaps you've even lost confidence in what you have to give and what you have to offer in the face of just the energy of the next generation coming up. That is also a mistake. Many times we think of the men and women of the Bible as these super talented people who probably had a super faith. They must have been just brilliant people, and that's why God chose to use them. The truth of the matter is, that they were just ordinary people like you and me, like Mary was, which means God wants to use and he chooses to use each and every one of us, ordinary people, to do his will. There's no excuses for any of us to actually hide behind. And there's just a few other things I want to, to note about Mary that I think is really important for us um, before we close there. And before I note these things, I just want us to remember here that here we have a young teenager who is approached by an angel, Gabriel, and told some really good news. You are highly favored. Good news. Some really encouraging news. The Lord is with you. Would have been really encouraging. But then she's also told some really problematic news. You're going to have a baby. And she's told that she must name this baby Jesus. He's going to be great called the Son of God, and that he would reign of the house of Jacob, and that his kingdom will never end. Now Mary's response to this news as this young teenager tells us three very important things. And that is that Mary had a genuine faith and belief in God. In fact, in Mary's famous song of praise, later on in, in that passage in Luke, we find evidence that Mary knew the Old Testament. She, as a Jew, had learned about biblical prophecy her entire life. And her song that she sings after receiving this news is remarkably similar to the song we find Hannah praying in, in 1 Samuel. Mary believed in an extraordinary God. And she was totally surrendered to this extraordinary God. And she trusted him to take an ordinary girl 
like herself, and to do something extraordinary through her. And then we also know that Mary was humble. She didn't have a big ego. She was a woman who exalted God, not herself. She had full faith and confidence in God, but was humble and lowly in her own eyes. And after the angel left her, in fact, she, just, she magnifies God. And, and part of that rejoicing is the fact that, you know, God has regarded me, she says, in my lowly state. She couldn't believe that God would choose a, a, a girl like her and entrusted her with this great task and is deeply humbled by that. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God because he has regarded the lowly state of his servant. And goes on to say, he has done great things for me and holy is his name. But it was all about God, not about Mary. And I think most importantly for us, and that's the point for us to take here, is that Mary was willing to be available and she was obedient. Mary could have said no. I'm sure there were a lot of things that Mary was very afraid of that might have been a really good reason to give a no response. When a mighty angel showed up in her bedroom, she would have been just as terrified as any other ordinary person would be. If you've ever had to stand in the presence of an angel from the Lord, then you will understand why they need to say fairly early on in the conversation, be not afraid. Because you have every reason to be afraid when you see an angel, because they're a presence that commands extraordinary power and authority. She must also have been really afraid of what people would say and think, particularly Joseph. I'm sure that she was afraid that Joseph would break the engagement, or even worse, because Mary breaking this contract by becoming pre pregnant with what others would think was another man's child out of wedlock would have been grounds for Mary to be stoned on the spot. That would have been a worst-case scenario for her. Joseph could have killed her for what the angel was proposing to her. And then who on earth was going to believe her story? A virgin birth? That's just impossible. Even in this day and age, there continues to be huge disagreement in the world over the literal account of the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Mary must have been terrified of what people would think about her, and the scandalous gossip that could be generated. She must have been so fearful of how this would impact her future and change the course of her life. Mary could have said no, but she didn't. She was willing to be available and obedient, and she says, may it be to me as you have said. God is looking for that same humility availability, and obedience in us that wasn't Mary. What is God asking you to do this Christmas? Mary had the incredible calling and honor of bringing Christ into the world as his mother. But we all have the incredible calling to bring Christ into our worlds. And where do you need to be sharing the light of Christ? Who is God asking you to have a conversation with about Jesus? What is God asking you to do this Christmas? We'll have some of the same fears that Mary had. Maybe you're just plain afraid to step out of your comfort zone and encounter the supernatural God working in you and through you. 
Maybe you're afraid of what people will think if you really do live your faith. Maybe you're thinking, what happens if my obedience to God ends up in loss or suffering or even embarrassment? But we learn from Mary that God desires to use the obscure and the ordinary, and that's incredibly great encouragement from a simple peasant girl who now stands as one of the most famous women of all time. The author Edith Dean said this, though she never traveled any further than from Palestine to Egypt, the story still travels to the farthest corners of the earth. You see, God also empowers the obscure and the ordinary to live out his calling. And let us learn today from Mary's example. Let us remember to live humbly, to be available, to be used by God, and to step out with obedience and faith so that we can all be part of God's story. May we all have the courage and the conviction to be able to say to God, may it be to me as you have said. And we have no idea of the magnitude of that obedience. I think you would be absolutely amazed in how your simple acts of obedience might be mightily used of God to bring great change to your world. Your act of obedience today could change a life, could change a family, could impact a community. Astrid's going to, to come up on stage here, and we're going to end our time together just listening to that beautiful song, Mary, Did You Know? And we've chosen that for a reason to, to end this morning, because I don't think Mary had even the faintest clue what her act of obedience would do, or the impact it would have on the world. She knew some of the, um, the prophecies, some of the understanding, but I don't think Mary had any idea of just how incredibly God would use her simple act of obedience and exactly who Jesus really was. And in the same way, as we listen to those words and reflect on that truth, can I just say, I don't know if even any of us would even know just the magnitude of what a yes, Lord, I'm available and I'm going to be in could be. And I, I hope that as you listen to this song, it wouldn't just be a reflection on the majesty of Christ and all those beautiful truths that Astrid's going to be singing about, singing about, but also that it would be a motivator and an inspiration for you to think, what could God do through me if I would just be available and obedient to what he said to me? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy had come to make us new? This child that you deliver will soon deliver you. It's allowed this song to be a real uh, a song of ministry um, over each one of our lives this morning. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. 
I'm just closing prayer and I think the words of that song are incredibly deep, incredibly soul searching in a way because they ask this question Mary did you know and the answer is at the time she said yes to God she didn't know she didn't know all that would happen and all that would transpire. She just knew that God had spoken. And God had called her. And her response was very simply, I am the Lord's servant. And when she asked that question, and how will this be? How will this all be possible? And God's response is, that his hand would be upon her and his spirit would come upon her and through the enabling of his spirit and his power she would be able to do what he had called her to do and to me that rings so powerfully for us today that God's call upon our lives is, is sometimes bigger than what we can imagine and yet we've got no idea of what God is going to do when we say yes Lord I surrender my life to you. I choose to follow you. You remember a young boy one day in the crowd brought his lunch to Jesus because Jesus was in the process of wanting to feed a massive crowd. And that little boy, in a sense, handed over his lunch to Jesus. And Jesus, after blessing that food, saw crowds of people filled because that's what God does when we surrender something to Him. He turns it into something that will be for His glory. Father, we praise You today for the way in which You take very ordinary lives and You transform them into something that will bring You glory. Ordinary people just like us. And God, I pray this